I get a lot of rashes. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, that's bisexual icon, wink, and um, runway fashion supermodel. You can't lie. Why not? Okay. This is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. when you first meet me i'm someone who comes off as like a major conspiracy theorist no it was such a shock to me that you believe the things you believe yeah because i don't think that our world makes any sense i don't think it makes any sense that we're here i don't think that like why are we here like so anything's possible yeah that includes the supernatural like i've been in a lot of scenarios that are very surreal and people would be like so surprised that those are scenarios that are occurring like what just like weird sex dungeons Yeah, well, not just that, but just, like, weird stuff, you know, that happen. And then I think about, like, if I told this story to someone, they would be like, that's fully insane. Tell me the story. A million stories. Every time, every situation I've ever been in is, like, a crazy... It's just, like, there's been so many crazy stories in my life that I feel like I I would believe anything anyone told me. Yeah, I've always said that, like, if I'm in a forest... Yeah. And, like, this creature appeared and was like, I'm an alien. I'd be like, no, you're not. And then they'd be like, I'm an alien. I'd be like, okay. Oh, well, like, what kind of creature? Any creature. Like, I just, like, I'm down. Like, when I see in movies that these people, like, need convincing that something crazy is happening, like, I'm immediately, like, the moment there's anything weird, yeah. I'm like, oh, absolutely, this is supernatural. Absolutely, the CIA killed both JFK and RMK. <laughs> I saw a thing, um, I watched that movie Jackie with Natalie Portman, which was really good. I don't know why people didn't like it, but um, it was, like... Uh, there was like a whole thing of like maybe she had some sort of like weird romantic thing with um with RFK and I was like immediately into it. Well, I just think people are always up to stuff. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying is like as someone who is always up to stuff, I would believe anything that someone said. I believe like if you told me any two celebrities had sex, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to shock me now. Exactly. I think the only things that would shock me are related to my parents. What do you mean? Like, th- if I found out, like, they were having sex with Bradley Cooper, that would shock me. Really? Yes. First of all, Bradley Cooper has come up so often on this <laughs> fucking show, and I don't know why. Well, he's an example of someone who almost anyone would have sex with. I Straight am, or gay. I'm not into him. But I'm just saying. Yeah, that, like, you think he's kind of an enigma, and he could be in a throuple with your parents. Right. And, uh, he, and it would be like, sure. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Older people are definitely up to stuff i've been to swingers parties it's a lot of older people you wouldn't think well i think what's really hard to come around to is the fact that older people are just younger people who aged yep like i've always thought that they were like different or like something changes but nope they're just like still just people that now just have more wrinkles oh yeah i just went to um the mr leather competition in la it's like a huge thing. I mean, it's huge. It's like all these people competing to be basically Mr. Leather LA, which is like in the BDSM community. It's a huge honor. I just watched the first trans man win Mr. Leather Oh, LA. that's amazing. It was awesome. Um, but it was all these people in harnesses and their little caps and like what you would think of like the leather community. Um, and they were so into it. And it was people who had been part of the leather community since like the 70s. Like it was all these older people who had just like founded different groups in the leather wow. community. And like they were they were older and they that, that was like still their thing. And I and it was like really cool to see. 
But also it was like, oh, wow, like these older people are like in real life. I mean, a lot of them were like, I'm a dance teacher. I'm this. I'm that. Like well, these dance things, teacher to leather person. Not that big of a jump. I like Chemist, I'd say. Chemist surprising. to leather person. Yeah. Definitely. I've met people at fetish parties who are like fully like middle school science teachers. And you're like, cool. Like, your students have no idea what your life is like. Yeah, that upsets me. Why? It just upsets me that I didn't understand that my teachers were people. But maybe it was for the best at the time. Yeah. I think it was definitely for the best at the time. And, like, parents are people and grandparents are people. And, like, I don't think we believe enough wild shit. And you should. You should be open to things that are, like, way crazier than you could come up with. Because things have happened in the world that are so crazy that you wouldn't, you would never think of it. And don't just shut it down because it's not something that you thought of. Yeah, but that said, crisis actors are not real. Oh, no, that's, no, absolutely not. Some conspiracy theories are just conspiracies. And harmful. And extremely harmful. But believing in aliens isn't harmful. No, it's it's (laughs) open-minded. And and believing old people go to BDSM parties, open-minded. Exactly. We have a thrilling episode coming up for you today. We've got an incredible guest, Amir Blumenfeld from College Humor fame, uh, also someone we know in real life. Yes. We have a brand new game that I'm adding to hypotheticals. Gabby, watch out. Oh, okay. I'm always like on my toes for hypotheticals. Me too. (laughs) A lot of pressure on me. And later we're going to look at what we're looking for in a 2020 presidential candidate in topics. This show is all over the place. Yeah, I can't describe it to people. It takes a while. But first, my favorite segment, hit it! International question! International question! International question! Sarah! Scotland. So Sarah sent a rather long email, and I condensed it into a short summary. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So I've been with my boyfriend for six or seven months now. It's the most meaningful and serious relationship either of us has been in, and it's going really well. The thing is, he's very, very into anime, which in itself is fine, but it's not just watching shows. It's the sexual aspects of it that I find difficult. The images of women which these characters are based around are very troubling to me in their simultaneous infantilization and over-sexualization of women. Also, it confuses me that these women are a billion miles away from my own sexual, personal aesthetic. Should it bother me that he is obsessed with these disturbing images of women? Or should I just accept it as a kink that isn't harming anyone, and quite a common kink at that? Sarah, Scotland. This is one of the first questions that I'm a little stumped. Well, okay, so here's the thing. The big difference between kink and stuff that is disturbing, I think, is consent. And also the idea of fantasy versus reality. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a situation where people watch porn of stuff that they would never want or do, but they just are interested in the porn of it. Um, And that is pretty common in the polls that I've taken amongst friends and acquaintances. So I think you would have to really get into it with him and parse out like, is this just a fantasy that you are aware is full fantasy? And has nothing to do with real life. I think from the email, it seemed like, yes, he he understands that. Okay. But is it leaking into how he wants you to dress, how he wants you to behave? That's when you get into a lot of trouble. Does he understand the problematic aspects of what he's into? You can't help that something that you're into might be bad, but you have to know if it is bad. But on the other side, like... These women are cartoons. They are. 
Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they are cartoons. And I'm like, anime is not live action. <laughs> but the problem is, okay, but are they cartoons of 11-year-olds? Or are they right. cartoons of fully grown women? Like, it really has well, to get into the specifics. In- infantilization. But infantilization, if you're like a, a 25-year-old who pretends to be a baby, that's different than if you're an actual baby. Right. And so Thank sometimes, you for clarifying that But for I'm me. saying sometimes the kink is... A woman, a, a dressed woman up as being a baby, a baby versus and and then it's not pedophilia because it's not an actual baby. You really have to get into the nitty gritty of like understanding the fantasy of it versus re- the reality of it. So let's say that like he, you know, he understands that it's a little icky and he understands that like this is not how she should act or how he wants her to act, mm-hmm. but it still makes her uncomfortable. What do we do then? I'm not sure that you can be in this. Like, I think if it makes you uncomfortable, that's a big red flag and you have to take care of yourself and you have to understand, like, what is okay for you mentally. And, like, if this is going to weigh on you and if this is going to be something that you are just not on board with, then he can find someone who is on board with it. And you can find someone who doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth in this way. Right. What about saying this is fine, but I don't want to hear about it? I feel like that drives a wedge. I feel like that drives a wedge between you. But I'm a person who wants to know every fucking nasty thought that my partner's ever had. So, like, I would feel very alienated and isolated and, like, left out. Then it would make me even more paranoid while I'd be like, well, what is he thinking about it? How long? I mean, what, what did he jerk off to yesterday? You know what I mean? Right. It but becomes like, more of an obsession because you don't know. Because you don't know. Exactly. The other thing is, is that saying when she was like, that's not what I look like. So why is he into me? It is fantasy. I've dated people who they're the type of person that they want to watch in porn does not look like me at all. And that is perplexing because you kind of take a second to go like, wait, but what? Then- I feel like male's relationships to porn is something that if you're not into porn, it can be very confusing. Yeah. But and also, I find it that men find it confusing themselves. Yes. Why is that? Yeah, what? Like they, why is that have, what I'm they drawn to? They have a lot to? of shame. They don't really understand. It's not something they open up about and like really want to talk yeah. about. And they're confused as to like the women that they're attracted to in real life are not the same as the women that they're attracted to watching in porn. And that is a really strange disconnect. But also, I know, you know, there's tons of straight women who watch lesbian porn. There's tons of lesbians who watch gay male porn. It doesn't necessarily match up to like what you're interested in or what you want. But you think that there is a possibility that this guy is a true feminist and then also has sexual proclivities for these types of things? Well, it's hard, right? Because like what about people who like women who are very, very feminist, but they have rape fantasies Mm -hmm. or like men who would like never. I dated a guy who was so torn up about this. He was like a great guy, a feminist, very like woke person. And he was like really into hurting partners, but like not obviously not without their consent. Every time we would hook up, he would like have an existential crisis about it and would just be like, I'm a monster. And I was like, you're not a monster. Like, I'm saying it's okay. Like, you're not a monster. But I think, like, it really, like, fucks with people to be like, this is what I'm into, but this doesn't line up with what I believe. But also, again, consent is the main part of it. Like, he he wasn't into going out and doing this to people that didn't want it. He was, like, interested in partners who were like, this is fine. But it really messed with him. I feel like maybe Sarah just needs, like, a third party to say it's okay. To like kind of like look in and be like, you know, like kind of honestly what you just did where you were like, 
it's not tied to you. It's a different, like, it's it's fulfilling a fantasy. It doesn't mm-hmm. reflect how he actually feels about real women. Like, mm-hmm. he can still be a good person. Like, this yeah. is just a kink. And, like, reshaping it as just a kink. And, like, different people have different kinks. And, like, you should accept, you know, if they're not harmful and they're with consent, then you should accept those. Yeah, because, like, if he's not taking it out into the real world right. and he doesn't want anything from her to do with it. Right. But I also wonder if she's just, like, insecure because these girls look away that no human woman will ever look. Right. I think I would be freaked out if, if my partner's main source of, of porn was was cartoon. Eh. But then cartoon people can do stuff that real people can't do. Like what? Fly? Um, yeah, fly. <laughs> That's not where I was going. But yeah, I think like if it was something that was like feet or pissing or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like that's a thing that maybe could happen in real life. And you, he, he might be asked to do it. But, like, anime stuff, I don't know. You're never going to look – you're never going to be that. You're never going to look like that. So, like, it, I don't see a way in which it bleeds into real life in any sort of way. I think it's just also keeping the dialogue open and making sure that, like, he can separate the fantasy from reality. And that, like, mm-hmm. when he's with you, he's with you and not, like, longing for anime. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I – yeah. I don't know Sarah's porn habits – but I assume you're watching stuff that you don't necessarily want in real life. I've never typed in anything realistic. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I also don't think that everybody watches porn. Yeah, I guess. What I, are they doing then? Um, Have you seen every episode of Seinfeld five times? No, I to <laughs> masturbate to, Allison. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it just what? Just reading books? Erotic novels? Yeah, maybe. I also think that not everybody masturbates that often. Oh, I see. Yeah, but I but like if you are going to what what are they looking at then? Well, their own imaginations. Yeah, I think some people use their own imagination for sure. That's horrible. Okay, well that's, that's a kink very I, judgmental. That's a kink Gabby. I can't get on board with. Oh wow! Your own imagination? What are you that interesting? Please, please tweet <laughs> at Gabby to correct her her view of this because it's actually incredibly offensive. <laughs> I'm joking. Sarah, I hope that that somehow helped you. And, you know, I think as long as you keep in touch with him about it and you're checking mm-hmm. in, then it's not affecting your relationship and that he continues to be, you know, a feminist and an ally and, and a good sure, partner, then and, that's fine. And make sure that he's he's not just watching porn. He's like, or getting too into it and not fucking you. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Then that's a mistake. Classic problem. Huge problem. If you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. And stay tuned after the break because you don't want to miss our interview with Amir Blumenfeld. We're going to get into it. Turtles All the Way Down is the acclaimed number one bestseller by John Green, author of The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Turtles All the Way Down is now streaming on Max. NPR named the novel a, quote, sometimes heartbreaking, always illuminating glimpse into how it feels to live with mental illness. Aza Holmes never intended to pursue the disappearance of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend Daisy is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Pickett's son, Davis. Aza is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living with the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. 
Turtles All the Way Down is a brilliant novel about love, resilience, and the power of lifelong friendship. As someone with OCD, it is so wonderful to see OCD represented in an incredible book. I think it is so important that we talk about mental illness, both in our own lives and through narrative. Buy your copy of Turtles All the Way Down in stores today and catch the movie streaming on Max. Welcome back to Just Between Us. Now it's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions. Today we have a very exciting guest, Amir Blumenfeld. Hello. I am exciting. Yes, you are. So, Amir, you're sort of like us and you do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. You have a comedy partner as well. That's right. How's that? He's good. He now lives in New York. There's two big wrinkles in my life. Oh, One is that Jake it. moved to New York three months ago. Okay. Oh, he did? And two is that four days ago I got LASIK. <gasps> wow. wow. Okay. Those seem unrelated. Unrelated, but kind of related because Jake got LASIK like six months ago. I'm like, maybe I'll get LASIK too. Um, How is it? LASIK or Jake living in New York? First we'll do LASIK, then we'll get to Jake. Yeah. LASIK is wild. I feel very naked right now. I've always worn glasses. Yeah, just like this yours. is my thing. Yeah, it was my thing. For 30 years, I've always worn glasses. When I came in here and I wasn't wearing glasses, were you like, oh, that's a little different? Or did it not even register to you guys? Well, my boyfriend told me that you got in LASIK. <clears throat> okay. I don't know how he knew. I don't know what? how he knew you either. You don't know him. No. <laughs> oh, from like the tabloid uh, Maybe, that yeah. is just minor, I would say, D-level celebrities. Yeah, he yeah. was like, uh, you know, ask Amir about his LASIK. There we yeah. go. <laughs> he didn't even have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Less than right two up. minutes and I brought it up. <laughs> so I'm, I'm considering it. Okay. I'd really? love to talk to you about it. It's wild. It's a trip. The procedure you're itself. awake, right? Awake the entire time. The e. procedure itself uh, takes like 20 minutes and then your vision is changed forever. Uh, it feels very, it's not painful, but it's very invasive is how I describe it. Like you're laying down on a table while a doctor is suction cupping your eyes slicing your eye, look into the light. We're going to put drops while I open the flap. You're going to be blind for a second. Don't worry about that. And I'm just like, it's kind of like it. being tortured and poked and prodded. And then he like flaps it down and the laser itself takes seven seconds what? to change the shape of your eye. Takes why seven do you have seconds. to be awake for it? That's what because I don't understand. <laughs> there are certain things that you have to like, uh, look left, fight, look like, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm gonna push your eye down, keep it like pushing it up, push it up, look up, like fight against my push. That's movement. why I can't do it. I'll fuck it up. You'll fuck it up. Yeah. What if I don't listen to the instructions correctly? You'll have to listen to the instructions correctly. But then at the end of it, you sit up and you're like, it feels like I'm wearing glasses, but I'm not. That's crazy. Yes, but, it's crazy. But I feel like. I, here's I'm of two minds. I feel like my whole shtick is these glasses. Oh, you can't get it. No, wear, so that's the thing. My shtick was glasses too. Yeah. You can still wear glasses. That's the yeah. thing. You don't need. You're just saving money asshole. on lenses. I I look like a different person without my glasses. That's what I thought too. I've had like people not recognize me without them. Hey. It's all the same for me. Okay. If I can do it, you can do it. And if you still feel uncomfortable, you can still wear glasses. But how cool would it be to wear sunglasses that aren't prescription? I know. That was cheap $5 sunglasses. Now we can wear them Yeah. once you get the LASIK. The other problem and the reason I would get it is because in an apocalypse situation, what if my glasses break or I can't get to them? That's right. That's and something it's... I'm afraid of a lot. Yeah. I've never even worn contacts. Oh, never? me neither. I've never worn contacts. That's never. Right. That's See, right. I wear contacts and my contacts constantly fall out. 
and they hurt all the time. That's right. I don't want to deal with that. And I want like, to just have either perfect vision or glasses. And I had glasses for a while. And I could still wear glasses. That's the way I justified it to myself. I'm like, okay. If it, You're going to walk weird, around with fake glasses? I know. That's Not like... fake glasses. Real glasses. Fake lenses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's sort of still like an asshole move. It is. But we've we've put in the work. We've justified it. That's People true. can't call us out. Be like, I've been wearing glasses for 30 years. You can't tell me that these are fake. I want to talk about what it was like when Jake abandoned you. Ugh, that's so much more boring um yeah he moved to new york okay so there's no lasers involved in that at all <laughs> context amir jake and amir were a comedy duo similar to or are a comedy duo similar to me and allison Correct. odd couple comedy odd couple comedy and got um, their start on college humor right. yes and beloved you guys and have toured together. That's right. You guys have also started a podcast company together Correct. called Headgum. That's right. Yeah. So they're a business partner similar to how me and Allison are business partners. Yeah. So Jake moved to New York. That's right. Because he also got married last year, right? That's right. So he got married last year uh, and him and his wife grew up in New York. So when they moved out to LA, it, was, it felt like when I moved to New York, like a temporary thing. Right. But then we'll move back closer to our family. So when I was in New York, I would visit L.A. a lot. And then it's eventually like, okay, now let's move back home. Mm-hmm. So they felt that way. They felt that pull, but back east. Did he have to, like, talk to you about it? Yes. He couldn't just be like, oh, I'm moving to New York tomorrow. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was a discussion. you guys have a long-term relationship. Yeah. And now we, now we have a long-distance relationship. Is so it- the relationship is still going on. It's just, you know, there's a different dynamic. We He comes out to L.A. like once or twice a month for – Three to seven days, so I've, it's like the oh. the work is like an accordion getting squished into these short bursts. So we'll record like four podcasts one day, then he flies to New York the next. Whereas before we can like record one a week. Right. Wow. Is that the main thing that you still have? Is just the podcast you do together? Are you working on other projects together too? Uh, working on some other projects, you know, development, how it works, everything right, is sure. slow and nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. So while that's happening in the background, uh, we're working on Headgum, our podcast network. But are okay. you sad because your your best friend is gone? Uh, it is sad. I, I'd like to see him around more, but at the same time, we're like texting, and I see him. Fairly often. So I don't feel like I never, I don't work with Jake anymore. I just feel like I don't see him anymore. And then when you do see him, do you appreciate him more? I would say yes. We, we, uh, like when he does come to LA, sometimes he stays at my place. So it's like we cram it all in as much as possible. Much like a long distance relationship. No, yeah. I feel like a lot of people listening, even if they can't relate to like the business aspect, they have a friend or a significant other who it's long distance or like a best friend who's long distance. Yeah. It's kind of like a high school friend that you guys go to different colleges. Yeah. You still keep in touch, see each other every, like, you know, during the big breaks. Is yeah. it is it interesting to be in different life stages that he's married and, and you're not? I mean, you are in a serious relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a little different, but it feels like the big change will be if one of us has kids and the other doesn't. Right. Like, we both live with a lady. I just have a girlfriend, and he has a wife. Right. So it feels more similar than, like— Do you think like, you'll propose soon, or— Allison! Uh, <laughs> oh, my God! These really are tough questions. Allison! <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. My girlfriend put you up to this. This yeah, is exactly. so obvious. She's here right now. Yeah. Holy shit. I do know and like her, so. <laughs> oh, my God. But you don't know if she knows and likes me. If I ever moved anywhere, I would have to consult you heavily. Like, oh, I, absolutely. I, it's very funny, like, like, to think that. Have you guys done the cross-country move together? No. no. You were always in L.A.? Yeah, we but it's like. Here. But it's like I think like oh what if I moved back to New York and then more con- the biggest consideration of everything is like well I don't know Allison's in LA. Oh that's 
that's so beautiful. I yeah, but it's crazy. You you guys would, I don't think that about any other like friends. Yeah. I've thought about going for like them. a couple months, but I just truly feel rooted here. I feel like this is my home. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't like New York at all. And then I went back to visit, and then because I lived there for four years, and then I went back to visit recently, and was like, "This is nice." But the only difference is, is that I have money versus like I didn't have money before. Right. So yeah. I hated New York when I lived there, but it was like, you just didn't like being poor, is what happened. Or you didn't like like visiting a place and living there are two different things. That's true. Like New York for six days is awesome because yeah. you're like doing all this shit and going around, and it feels cool. But then like at the end, you're like tired. But yeah. if you live there, it's like you're exhausting. there for three, four, seven, eight, twelve months in oh, a row. Oh, I was exhausted the whole time. Are you guys ready for our next segment? Welcome to Hypotheticals. Yay. This is a game show where I'm going to give you hypothetical situations. Okay. And then you're going to give me your answers okay. and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Wow. All right. It's an insane. Just gear up. It's okay. insane. I'm gear up. I'm getting hype. There's multiple games. Okay. Uh, and our first game is mm-hmm. every America's favorite game. Would you stay with this cheater? Here we go. You find out that your significant other of three years has been taking showers with their best friend. They don't touch each other during the shower, but they do describe it as highly erotic when you walk in and catch them covered in soap. Would you stay with this cheater? <laughs> Clearly not. No. Wait, is it a male or is it a same-sex best friend? Um, I would stay with her if it was a female best friend. Whoa! And I would not okay. if it's a guy That's best friend. That's an explosive friend. statement. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I'm okay. fucking ready to go. I'm backing it up. Oh, I'm not even boy. ready to backpedal a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. This is because that she could just be. She could be just as uh, sexually attracted to the girl as she is to the guy. She That's could right. Be I feel less. You. I feel less threatened and emasculated if it's ah! a girl showering with my girlfriend than a uh, another dude. She's still gonna leave you for that girl. That's fine. But I, she's feel- providing something that I can't, which is being a woman. So if it's oh. another guy, I'm like, what's that guy got? We're the same fucking gender, and now he's better than me? Or it's like, oh, touching. you want to be with a girl. They're not touching. It's just highly erotic. <laughs> Again, female friend, we'll talk about it, but not grounds for expulsion. Male friend, I got to get out of there. Especially, who's this male friend? Is he hotter than me? Is it's he Jake. taller? Oh, it's Jake? <sighs> See, he's pretty much a woman to me, so maybe that's fine. Interesting. Interesting. No, no, I'd be the most that. mad if someone showered <laughs> with Gabby. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyone who's no, no, no. Any guy off limits, female. We'll talk about it and see what's going on because I didn't even know my girlfriend liked showering with other women. So I have to like sit sit down and have a conversation with her. You should after this. But if it was another guy, I'm like, get out of here right away. Okay, but what if? See, you're picturing, and here's the problem with men. Yeah, is you're picturing all men or just me? All, all of them. Most okay. men. You're picturing. Uh, uh, your girlfriend being hot, she probably is, and Thank then you're you. picturing her friend also being hot. Of course, I got news for you. Yeah, in les in in lesbian relationships, the the in my experience, I'm I like a butch woman. You like Very, a girl who's not hot, quote unquote. No, she's not. I like that she's hot to me, and she's hot to lesbians, and okay. she's hot to other queer women. Okay, but I find butch women hot. Thank you. Well, most straight girls do. Mm. Uh, but. Like most guys don't, you're saying? I'm saying that I've been in situations where I was dating a guy and he was like, Oh my God, hook up with any girl you want. That's so hot. And then I was like, Here's the girls that I want to hook up with. And he was like, But I'm not attracted to them. And I was like, Yeah, sorry, buddy. Like, that's too not late. what we it's made about. A deal. Right. So you're picturing like two beautiful, 
to you women but what if it's like a girl that she's like I'm super fucking into like girls that you are like oh I'm not into that girl so then you you catch them in the shower and it's not a situation where you're like maybe there's a threesome on the horizon if I'm not attracted to the other woman then I'm even less threatened so you oh interesting yeah oh that's a weird sharing with a woman who I consider unattractive go for it really yeah here's the twist Regardless, before you can make a decision, everyone slips in the shower and dies. Including me? Including you? Everyone's dead in this one. Can I just say, if you you walk in and you're the person who finds this um, scene, this death scene, what do you think happened? You think good time ended bad. (laughs) Our next scenario. Okay. Another, would you stay with this cheater? Uh Uh-huh. Your significant other is given three months to live from a terminal illness. Okay. You have been together for 30 years. Yep. They start flirting with people right in front of you and even ask someone out within hearing distance. You know it's only a matter of time before they fuck everyone they know. Would you stay with this cheater? Yes, three months. They have three months to live. Have at it. I support that. Yeah, that was an easy one. (laughs) You gotta stay. They're dying. Imagine being like, no, you have to fuck me until you die. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole thing. Start the timer. Three months, 11 minutes, 26 seconds. Now, is the twist (laughs) that they actually find a cure and they don't die after they've fucked everyone they know? Yeah, that one was more like I just felt like you guys needed like an easy ball. What's a low ball? Softball. Like a softball. softball. You guys need a softball. Okay. I'm really bad at baseball, so even that might strike me out. But uh. I'm glad I got the question right. <laughs> okay, so now this is very exciting. <gasps> we have a brand new game that we've never played before. Still oh. America's favorite, though. Still America's favorite. Okay. okay. Well, actually, the feedback has been high from our two producers. <laughs> okay. This game is called, Is This Person an Alien or Just Rude? Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> While in line at Starbucks, you are taking your time looking at the menu when the person behind you starts to order, even though it's your turn. When you turn around to confront them, they smile and compliment your hair. Is this person an (laughs) alien or just rude? (laughs) Well, they complimented my hair, so how rude can they be, right? So you're leaning towards alien? Uh, Then again, I don't think aliens exist. Now I'm really torn. Wait, I'm sorry. You don't think aliens exist? Yeah, Yeah, not to the point where it's like humans ordering at Starbucks. It's probably like this weird life form far away that we'll never see. So, wow. You I wish managed... I'd known that before I invited you on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, you've managed to alienate both me and Allison Ooh. in the course of 40 minutes. Pun intended? <laughs> alienate. <laughs> okay. So I think um, they're an alien. You think they're an alien? Yeah. Guess what? What? They were an alien. Wait, this is not a hypothetical? No, in this scenario, this is 100% alien. And you befriend them and help save their planet. And mammalian. Wow. A mammalian alien. <laughs> <laughs> Name of my new pop punk band. <laughs> That's really good. But uh, in their true form, they look like a gerbil. That's Wait, cute. what? Like yeah. an avatar? So, a little gerbil within a human-sized shell. Are no, like all... they can body shape, but their true form is a gerbil. Are all gerbils aliens? Yes. Thank you for playing. <laughs> <laughs> Amir, thank you so much for joining us on this Woo! wonderful podcast. Thank Woo! you for where having can, me. Where can our fans find you? Uh, I have a podcast of my own called If I Were You. So you can listen to that. It's me and Jake dispensing advice. Also, how many basketball fans do you guys think you have? Basketball fans. Three to fans. five. Yeah. Okay, so for those three to five fans that love the show and love basketball, I started a basketball podcast this year. I like talking about basketball with other funny friends. It's called Buckets. It's about the NBA. So you can listen to that as well. Lovely. Stay tuned because coming up next, we're going into topics.
Welcome back to Just Between Us. Hello. It's time for topics. X, 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 X. So today I wanted to, to talk about something a little more current than what we normally discuss. Normally our topics are more evergreen. Sure. But we're coming up on a big election. Are we? I hadn't noticed. Well, you'll <laughs> believe me, you won't be able to escape it pretty soon. No, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've noticed. So obviously we're going to have a very vicious Democratic primary mm-hmm. where we have a lot of candidates. A lot of candidates. And as two Democrats. Yeah. How do we... Oh, me and you? Me and you, yeah. I'm socialist. Well, I'm a socialist too, (laughs) but we're a two-party system, so what are we going to do? Democrats. Democrats. Uh, I'm more of a socialist than you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I just needed to make that very clear. I've grown more. I've grown more towards that. I've grown more Since our last election? Since the last election, definitely. When I was screaming at you? I we can't even get into we this. We can't even get into it. We can't it. even get started on our Bernie versus Hillary arguments that we had for all of 2016. <laughs> I can't get back into it. I will have PTSD. Oh, I already have it just thinking about it. Um, but I this is like I can't really recall a time where I just have I have like no idea who I'm gonna vote for. I know. It's such a broad range of people and i have no i mean everything is so crazy like politics has become so weird and like so surrealist and that and cartoonish that i have no concept of who who would do well like well that's exactly my thing so right now we should say that we're recording this on on april 5th yeah so by the time this episode comes out maybe there'll be different candidates in the in the running and maybe some people have dropped out but keep in mind we're talking april 5th 2019. I only care about beating Trump. Yes. So for me, I mean, obviously, like, I have my ideals and the causes that, like, mean the most to me, and I want the most progressive candidate, obviously. Yeah. But, like, strategically, all I care about is beating Trump. I agree. Look, I think it was tough in the first election where I went on Twitter and I said, if you can't bring yourself to vote Democrat, or you're not going to vote at all, or you're not going to, or you're going to vote third party or whatever. Why? And the people had really compelling reasons, a lot of them having to do, it was a lot of having to do with war and not wanting to support like anyone who had even remotely been involved in, in bombing in um, the Middle East because their, their families were affected or whatever. Like it was really compelling personal reasons. But I also think like we've clearly seen so many bad things like it's not like that what people were saying where it's like both are evil it's like no we've clearly seen so many bad corrupt immoral unintelligent things racist uh, racist i mean sexist transphobic like off the rails stuff that i think you're right like it has to you gotta suck it up a little bit and you gotta just figure out who who is gonna take him out of office and to to compare them it's absurd like, yes. sure, maybe maybe 20 years ago, the difference between a Democrat and a Republican, fine. Like, I mean, there, there were differences, but it, it, they're no longer on the same playing field. Like, everyone agreed on a decorum. Right. Remember Howard Dean got, got fucking knocked off for screaming one time? <laughs> John Kerry lost because he went sailing? Like, it is insane. Well, John Kerry was a flip-flopper. I see. This is no, what you- I, I will lose my mind. <laughs> If you don't think that there's a big difference between the two parties, then you're either not paying attention or you just, like, want to believe that regardless of the truth. 
I'm going to push back a little bit. They think that there's no difference because both are still engaging in in war and are both and both still I mean the US is very colonialist like in other countries. So I think to a lot of people they're like, well, Democrats and Republicans are the same cuz they treat um minorities in other countries the, uh, shittily. But in terms of domestically, I think there is a huge difference. Absolutely. So and also uh, the Trump has become isolationist. Like yes. he he's not working with other not countries. With other other countries. countries don't want to work with him. Like that's just not how you do also, diplomacy. I would say men- severely mentally ill. I think that's giving him a pass. But I I think that it's true. I think that he's a malignant narcissist and I think that anyone who thinks that they can deal with him in a like reasonable way, mm-hmm. it's delusional. So honestly, for me, it's more the people that are not mentally ill like Mitch McConnell yeah. and like Paul Ryan who yeah. like let this happen. I'm just saying that, like, the problem is not Trump. The problem is that nobody stopped Trump and that people are letting Trump continue. Oh, and enabling. Right. So I think, okay, I don't even have a grasp on who people like. Do they like Elizabeth Warren? Is it going to be a thing again where everyone's like, oh, a woman? No, thank you. I think that a thing that's going to really bite us in the ass is a lot of people bringing up the past. Yeah. So, like, everyone has flaws in their past. Everyone has, like, I know. Issues. And then this perfectionism. Yeah. Like, we hold our candidates to, like, an unfair level of perfectionism. Listen, like, I think that there's a difference. I think that, like, Elizabeth Warren kind of making a mistake about the Native American thing and, like, maybe not dealing with that with as much, you know, grace as she mm-hmm. could have. Like, there was no ill intent there. Like, it I was know. just, like, a little bit misinformed. Also, yes, she used to be more conservative. But she had a business background. And she's changed with the time. She's, like, become progressive. And she has, like, actual plans. Yes. But here's the thing. I think... It was that thing of like this misogyny of like, well, look, I, w- I don't just don't like Hillary. It's not that I hate women. I would vote for Elizabeth Warren. And then all of a sudden Elizabeth Warren's a candidate and they're like, well, I just don't like Elizabeth Warren, but I would vote for this person. And it's like, no, you just hate women. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if like Beto is going to beat Trump, fine. Like I but would prefer, is... I prefer not it to be just like another white guy who's yeah. just like doesn't have as much of a background and, like, is kind of just cruising on on charm. Mm-hmm. But, like, if that's what America wants and yeah. that's what'll beat Trump, then, like, great. Yeah, but then I even see now people being disillusioned on him. And so oh, everyone's being disillusioned like, on everybody. It's insane. The infighting is what's going to kill us. I know. People think voting is that you're voting with, like, it's your morality. Like, you're voting, like, if I vote for this person. It's like, what would I, who would I be as a president? Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if I vote for someone, it's, like, my morality and it says something about whatever. But, like, if if that's the candidate that most closely aligns, like, maybe it's not 100%, maybe it's 80%, but whatever, then that's what politics has always been. That's Mm -hmm. the election. You're never, no, at no point in history has anyone ever voted for someone that they were like, I agree with you 100%. That's just not how it's ever worked. But now all of a sudden, I think it's these people who are like, it has to work that way. And it's like, no, that's never been how it works. Yeah, I think, I mean, our biggest issue is, is this infighting. And I also think that like, we need to play dirty. I'm sorry, but like the narrative of like, of Democrats going high and Republicans going low and then winning, like, right. needs to end. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that we need to, like, play dirty for all of time, but, like, to get the ball back, we got to just fucking do whatever we need to do. I don't know. I There's people that I, I really like who I think have great ideas, but I also am like, I don't think that they will get the elected or the support. So 
we got we somebody who like the youth and our parents will vote for. Like, you know, it was Obama. I know, but I'm just saying that like like my parents are like the most excited about Biden whereas like I'm oh. I'm like the least excited about Biden. So who who like appeals to both? I know. And I think that that's the sweet spot. I don't even mind Biden. I would vote for Biden right now. Yeah, but I think that Fine. I think it's a step back in the Me Too movement. Oh, of course. And like I think that he didn't even really apologize. No, he was like everything society's changed. And I want to be like, no, women have always hated being touched. It's right. just now we're talking about it. Yes. It's not like now suddenly women hate it. <laughs> he also was like, you know, the whole Anita Hill thing. He was exactly. on the wrong side of exactly. history there. So like we need somebody where like whatever the baggage is, it's like not that big of a deal. Which to me is sort of like Elizabeth Warren. Right. right? Like who she is now and everything, like that's great. What's bonkers though is that like you could say anything about Trump and the Republicans would be like, okay. But we're so not dealing... Do, we have to take Republicans off the table. But I'm saying, do do we as Democrats need to be like, look, man, like, suck it up. Like, whatever... Okay, they have something in their background. Right. Fine. But if they're the candidate, suck it up. Absolutely. But nobody wants to... But our side doesn't want to do that. I know. But that's why I think that in the primary, we have to figure out who is going to be attacked the least. I see. Okay. Like, so that we can get ahead of our own bullshit. Yeah. And like, it doesn't matter. God, the bullshit is people eating their own constantly. I mean, I've look, I've noticed this where like people in my sphere of work who are just openly hateful and conservative, nobody gives a shit. But like, if I mess up, mm-hmm. I'm dragged for days. Right. Because we hold ourselves to a higher standard. And because I, they know that I will actually listen and apologize and like take it into account. Versus, like, other people who they just view as a lost cause. So I think they, like, they're like, Trump's a lost cause, whatever. But then, like, the people that are Democrats, they're like, well, we got to drag them till they're perfect. We don't have time. No, there's no time. <laughs> there is no time. Like, in your perfect world, though, what are the causes that you care the most about? Healthcare and medical debt. LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. My stuff about the LGBTQ community, um, it's tough because... People are like, well, you have marriage equality, which is literally the least you could do. But I think it's also tough because I I am not I am not into the idea of the military industrial complex. However, I do not want there to be a trans ban in the military. So it is hard to combine those because I do understand that the fallout is you ban trans people from the military. What you're actually saying is trans people have less rights. And so that translates into um, hatred on the school level and bullying and like it translates to like uh, a, a trickle, pervasive, da- trickle, a trickle down, down hatred trickle down hatred yes so um i would love for there to be uh better trans health care i would love for there to be to be for that to be included in in all workplaces and like federally um i would love if there were more protections uh, with reg- like you can be fired from your job for being gay. There's no federal protections on that level anymore. Um, so I would love for there to be protections on that level. Um, it is like this tough thing too because I knew like as a queer person, I was like, of course they they were coming for trans people first because that's the least understood group. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was like we got to stand up for the T in the community because. That's the group that is the most vulnerable, I would say. I just think that it's insane that in 2019 we have a government that is actively trying to take away rights. Yes, exactly. That's 
bananas to me. Yes, and that's, exactly. That's women. That's like making it impossible to get an abortion. Yeah. That's like it's like policing. It's like 1984. Like yeah. just let us live. Like we're e- you know we're yeah. equals. And honestly, that that plays into the whole uh, you know like criminal justice reform too because the entire system is so racist yes and like sure you can pretend that it's not and you can pretend that racism doesn't exist but you're just lying to yourself oh yeah like if you look at the statistics it's absurd mm-hmm. and also like it's honestly it's in a way it's modern day slavery oh it 100 percent. because is. as soon as you get 100%. a felony conviction you're fucked for life like you can't vote anymore yes. you can't get a job like the fact that Florida wanted it to, to have, like, criminals pay back their court costs in order to be able to vote, like, that just means so that they can't vote. Oh, Florida's a piece of shit. Because, like, how are these, you know, how are you unable to get a job freshly out of prison going to pay back your court costs so that you can vote? Also, immigration. Oh, immigration is absurd. I can't, like, the way that immigrants are treated, the way that the border is being treated, the way you want to talk about modern-day slavery— the way that like that that the way that the the families are being separated. I mean, it's but the insane. Fact, the fact that you can get as as evil as what is going on at the border. Yes, and still support that party and those policies. Yes, it's it's Nazi Germany. Yes, correct. You have like completely taken away your humanity, and you no longer care about people that aren't you. Yes. Well, the idea of like, well, but they broke the law. And I always go, they didn't break the law. They were looking for asylum. Right. The punishment for breaking the law isn't take your kids away, take your kids away and you live in a cage. And also like you're never going to be you're not you're going to die in a cage. That's not like that's not the punishment for coming into a country. But heaven forbid a woman who was raped doesn't have a child that she can't afford or care for. Yeah. This is what I don't understand about pro-life people. They go, she has to have the baby. And then when she has the baby... Who cares? I think like, it's because in their head, they're like, I'm a good person because I, I'm i against abortion. And all that they need is to be like, I'm following God's rule and therefore I'm good. And it's just like it's just like a way to, to trick themselves into thinking that they're moral when they're very not moral. What about the babies at the border? Got anything to say about that? Oh, God, there's so many. Yeah. I feel like we have no more time for anyone wishy-washy on climate change. Oh, yeah. We need somebody who's, like, going to be proactive about that. Yes. Uh, I also think we need very proactive on criminal justice reform. Yes. Uh, That's huge. I think, like— Le- per- not decriminalizing a lot of stuff that would let people out of jail. Absolutely. For sure. And legalizing marijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the top of my list, but I think that it would help. <laughs> no, but legalizing and decriminalizing in the exactly. sense that it lets all of those people who are in jail for a right. dime bag or whatever out. Exactly. And um, I am intrigued by universal basic oh, income. Universal basic income. Yeah. Yes, baby. I think that yes. would be awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Um, the idea is that everyone would get uh, a stipend based on their income every month. Or, or the I think that at least the one candidate who's pushing it, it's like Andrew it's a, Yang. He was a, a guest on Bad a, With Money. He you, was? Yes. You can go back and listen to him on Bad With Money. He is a guest on an episode of Bad With Money about universal basic income. But his proposal is to start out with $1,000 for each person. For everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not based on income. It's more yeah. just like universal. And then like people go, universal. how can you afford that? Uh, the defense budget's in the trillions. <laughs> Like, you can afford universal basic income, and it would help everyone. Yes. That is huge. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's not that new of an idea. It was proposed a few times, and it's been, like, it's passed, I think, in the House and not in the Senate. So it's not this radical idea that's never come up before. And some some countries have it, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, but in your dream scenario, what what does your ideal candidate look like? Butch lesbian. Next question. <laughs> so that that's important to you. It would be a queer candidate. Oh my god, I I want. There's this poem. Oh god, hold on. It's it's. I want like a a lesbian president. I want a president that's like been poor in their life. I want a president that like understands humanity. Hold on. There's this poem. Okay, it's by Zoe Leonard. And then it's like this long list basically with some words that I, I don't think I should read on here. But it's basically like I want a president that had an abortion at 16. I want a president who lost their last lover to AIDS. I want a president who has stood in line at the clinic at the DMV at the welfare office who has been sexually harassed and gay bashed and deported. Like it's this poem. I love that. It's amazing. I want a president who has eaten nasty hospital food, who cross dresses, who has done drugs, who has been in therapy. Like it's uh, amazing. Amazing. So, like, I, that's, like, what I kind of think about is, like, someone who, like, is actually, a, a, like, a real person American. who would understand, like, life outside of being a rich white dude. Yeah, I mean, my ideal candidate is just AOC but 35. And if she was a lesbian. Sure. Well, I'm glad that we've turned into MSNBC. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you guys tuned in for, right? <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, I guess we'll wrap up the episode with John coming in to give us his rating. What'd you think? Ooh, this was <laughs> an intense episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Mario coins as the metric here. Okay. Fair. 97 out of 100 Mario coins. Like, you're Ooh. on to your next life. Oh, wow. Yeah. We get another life? Yes. I bumped that question mark box. Yeah. A, mu- a mushroom came out, and now I'm big. Yeah. <laughs> Mario. It's me. It's me, Mario. I rate it five mushrooms out of five mushrooms. Oh, lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog says, approved. That's my rating. (laughs) What? Don't don't worry about it. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Wow. John, what was your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part was how y'all approached the international question. Because, Allison, when you sent it to us, Kristen and I were going, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. This is problematic AF. Yeah. Because of the anime stuff? Or? Yeah. The yeah. anime stuff and how that factors into Sarah from Scotland's boyfriend's, like, thoughts of women women and mm-hmm. sex and all that. And I go, that's a, yeah, very much like a, it sounded like very much a kink slash fetish sort of territory. And it's like, how do you discuss that with your partner? And that's really important. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely have known some people who have had similar sort of like kink slash fetishes yeah. and thought, okay, well, this – I don't know how you approach this with a, like a future partner of yours because it can go into some weird, mm-hmm, weird complexes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, does is that person really saying that, oh, maybe they want to date an Asian person instead of you? Is it – or are they really just right. – more? Or are they more into like the – the sense of what that anime character looks like, you know? Yeah. It's also different for the person who's had this fetish than for someone where it's suddenly being introduced to them. Yeah, something that their partner likes, where it's something that would never occur to them. That's true. We did not get into the racism aspect of Asian women as demure, infantilized, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of thing. So that is something Sarah should actually also ask about. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I was I was like, mm, this could go, you know, either way. You're right, you're way. right. But, um... But yeah, I think y'all handled it really well. Um, I totally agree. Like I said, it's problematic. It's important to talk about. And uh, I wish Sarah the best. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sarah, write in and let us know what happened. Yeah, let yeah. us know how it goes. <laughs> what, oh. did, what did you learn? What did I learn? That y'all are Democrats. I have no <laughs> idea. 
um, no, I mean, I learned more about what y- y'all care about and what you look for in a 2020 candidate. I mean, talking about this election is like a headache, but a necessary Oof, yes. migraine that we need to power through. You know, I agree. It, what did, what was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was uh, my new game. Uh, is this person an alien or just rude? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I you know, I feel like I'm gonna say alien every time. Well, you'll never know. That's true. Until I tell you. Yeah. That's uh, true. Amir seemed to like that question, right? I think, I think it's so. hard to read him. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, the no glasses on Amir threw me the hell off. Really? Yeah. He should have said something. He yeah. clearly wanted to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw him walk in, I go, mm, he looks familiar. And then I heard him talk and I go, ah, I know who you are. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I yeah. didn't notice it at all, but I'm a narcissist. Yeah. Also, I never want to get LASIK after hearing that. Oh my no. God. I know. Yeah. My favorite part was grilling. I liked grilling Amir about like his friendship and like, is he sad about like, I feel like we asked some real emotional questions. I think it was a clear example of how most or many men talk about best friendships versus I think most and many or many women or female identifying people. Because like, I think with guys, we just don't, most of the time we just don't express like, Oh, I really miss him. And like, the yeah. times we just used to like hang out and play like video games or like sports and all that. Not to generalize and maybe yeah, you yeah, could, yeah. but like it's, I think it just takes guys a lot longer to get that out. Mm-hmm. You know, women have very romantic friendships. I find, yeah. which oh, is yeah. confusing for me. Cause yeah. I'm like, are we going to bang? What's going on? Yeah. But here's the thing. You, you catch me and my best friend, Matt in New York on the phone. And it's like night and day from what I'm talking about. We'll talk for an hour, hour Aww. and a half. I do have yeah. I have male friends who do talk to each other really deeply, yeah. and I love that for them. Yeah, so I'm not trying to stereotype or generalize. Here, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If you're a guy and you don't really talk to your friends like deeply, get into it with them. Yeah. Ask them about like, do you believe in God? Get <laughs> get into it. <laughs> What's okay. your relationship with your dad like? <laughs> What a way to end. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amir, for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our incredible theme music. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Rattle at Mast. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. All together now, Nasty! Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs>